0: are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast where you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa, nailed it. <laughs> I am your
1: host, Colin
0: Austin, and my co-host is the one, the only, the Mr.
1: Magical Mr. D's. <laughs> the Mr. Man, having a big and rich time.
0: <laughs> having a big and rich, that was a good hype song, man. It got us like going. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm well, man. How's it feel to be back in the operational flow of New Scooters <sighs> for Life? That's how we spend our day today.
0: I tell you what, everybody, things are a changing. <laughs> things are super <laughs> interesting right, right they now. they are changing. Yeah, um, for everybody who's listening, it's been been quite interesting trying to get ready for back to school. This episode airs on August seventeenth, and as we know, it's like right in that right in that moment, uh, school's starting on the thirty first. Is that still happening, sure. Sarah? Do you know thirty first? Is that accurate? So we got a couple of weeks. This is like normally a time where it's super chaotic. It already feels chaotic at the dealership. We are super super low on help and trying to figure out how we're gonna keep like all these hundreds of people from like swarming into the dealership all at the same time. Uh, it's been challenging, you know, because of, you know, COVID. COVID. The thing that we like to blame. <laughs> <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> blame everything on COVID. Uh, so yeah, uh, it, it's, it actually kind of feels good. I feel like I'm getting like, it, a
1: refresher. It, like, it's strange,
0: right? Back, yeah. Like, it, explain to everybody like, kind of what's like happened, like what role you're kind of playing right now what
1: yeah I mean I mean we could go we could go into a whole podcast episode just with this. what's up? Um, our guest is already doing some social uh, <laughs> yeah so so um, I'm playing the role of service manager today, um, and I will be for the foreseeable future um, just stuff that needs to happen, and we got a lot of demand you know when you stop and think about it, the amount of scooters we put on the road the last three, four or five years, um, it's in the thousands, yeah thousands and you know for our, our dealership a couple couple techs it's a lot of a lot of repairs to filter through a small amount of people so yep.
0: and what's a little bit more unique about this year specifically is that a lot of these students have left their scooter sitting since March right. because all this COVID stuff started happening and they were kind of like oh I gotta go I'm gonna go home for a couple weeks <laughs> they left their scooter outside just sitting there and number, you guys, number one I, call
1: right now it's um My scooter doesn't start and my lease ends at the end of the month. Pick it up. Can you pick it up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, it's been interesting. And you, like, Rusty, you know,
0: because, I mean, machine, like, lawnmowers, all this stuff, like, Mm -hmm. you can't have those carbureted machines sitting around from March without operation. And, uh, you know, you got to get cycle through that gas. And, like, so that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, It's just been a complete... I mean, I wouldn't use the word disaster, but like organized chaotic disaster.
1: Yeah, it's good. (laughs) It's good. It's good to get back in it. I mean, I'd be I'd be lying if I said that that's what we wanted to do. Because you know we have so much fun working on the business, but it's also eye opening and some good ways and kind of reinvent what we've done before. And you know, it's not it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah, and and I think we got a good good mindset to to tackle (laughs) what's ahead.
0: <laughs> My favorite entrepreneurial quote by Dory:
1: <laughs>
0: "Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming."
1: <laughs> it's like the best entrepreneurial quote or ever. What's What's the one from Heath? Uh, Heath Padgett: uh, if, uh, "If one door opens,
0: always uh, oh, if one door closes, another one opens. Unless you close that door, she close that door." <laughs> so we're, we're just trying uh, to keep like, the doors open. Uh, just Just trying to keep the doors open and just keep treading water. That's right. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> At least, at least we're still in business at this point. And you know, su-
1: honestly, though, su- super thankful for that. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people that that really. maybe didn't make it, and and you know, we can sit here and uh, not complain. But you know, what I mean, like, we're we're fortunate to have a business that with all of these problems with, the, with these <laughs> problems that, that we can come to and is still providing for us and our team and everything so like i i'm certainly it, it it's it's humbling you know
0: yeah so enough about our problems yeah. we're going to talk about let's Rusty's get problems into today an
1: I've got a lot of those he's going to tell us he's uh, going to tell us how we can ride our own ship let's
0: oh. go <laughs> Let's get into the show. Yeah, so we're going to get right into it. I just want I'm excited, man. You guys, today on the show, we have my friend Rusty Thompson, owner of the Master's Lawn Care, a company that specializes in complete landscape management, weekly maintenance, pest control, irrigation, and installation. You guys really do it all. And you guys, like... And it's like primo
1: work. You might say they're masters.
0: <laughs> they are masters. <laughs> That's what we I try and do. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's awesome. Uh, dude, welcome to our show, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm glad we can finally make this happen. And uh, you guys, yeah, I mean, so the Masters Lawn Care does all of our stuff here at the dealership. So thank you for that, by the way. Oh. It looks fantastic. Climbed thank up you. on top of the roof and got the vines down, too, which is <laughs> interesting. We got like these weird vines that are kind of growing into, into the, the showroom at this really? point into the building that's yeah, a little awkward but um uh, but yeah man you that got, was a cool uh, job yeah that was that's cool. cool so anyway so you you know our spiel you listen to our show mm-hmm. you're the man I love you dude let's <laughs> you go. too man uh, so you know our spiel we like to start with a story man yeah like let's let's take it back how far Way you want to go back dude as far as you want to take man like, I was man.
2: born at AGH. Really? Yeah, yeah. So you you want to talk about ACRs, like a real deal ACR. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Let's 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 start it, man. Let's go. Yeah,
2: man. So I was raised in Melrose, raised on a farm, and uh, my dad owned a real estate business in Melrose. He was a real estate broker. And I just kind of always assumed that that's what I was going to go in. That was the family business. It was called Red Thompson Realty. I assumed it was going to be called Rusty Thompson Realty and just keep on rolling. And uh, you know, life changed at like ninety eight, nineteen ninety eight. I was a junior in high school, and my dad passed away unexpectedly. And so that like completely altered my career and where I thought I was going. And so. From there, just God just really led, and I became a retail store manager of a Nextel dealership, a Nextel cell phone dealership, and I did that for a little while. actually sold Aaron Bosshart some cell phones back in the day. Okay. Yeah, so it's this crazy connection there. Um, and uh, became the store manager of Lids in Oaksmall. Mall. May have sold you a hat or two. I don't know. You know, maybe even the perfect bill. I
0: don't know, dude. I had the I had the Lids card. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Had, like, was there like it was like a whole card or like some membership? Twenty percent off yeah. five dollar card. Know. I was a member. Yep. Yeah.
2: <laughs> passport Club is <laughs> what that oh, was the called. Passport Club. Yep. That's right. So I, I was I was in retail store management, and at third at uh, I was twenty two, and the district manager in training at thirty two years old was told he was too young to be promoted to district manager. And when they told him that, I'm here, like thinking at 22, you know, 10 years behind him. So I'm 10 years away from being told that I'm too young for a promotion. Okay. So right then I kind of decided like listen, you know, I'd always wanted to own my own business. That was kind of the plan. But, you know, life changed and here it was again and, and life's gonna change. I I do not want this for my future. I was kind of already frustrated with being in the, just being inside all the time. i made to be outdoors. Is what I enjoyed. to what I love. And so, uh, right then, I decided I wanted to open a landscape business. I'd done landscaping a little bit for my dad and real estate properties. He'd have a new listing or rental property. Okay, so what year? Like, what year was this? Like right now. This around? is 2004. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'd done landscaping for him. Loved working outside. But that was that was back in high school when I'd done that. I'd worked one summer for a company here in town and uh, I just decided that, that that retail wasn't where I was gonna go because I wasn't gonna wait 10 years to be told I was too young for a promotion. So immediately started, uh, I, I, I actually bought a Yellow Page ad, if y'all remember the talking phone book, wasn't Bell South, that was the high dollar phone book. We're talking back in the Yellow Page, you wanna talk marketing, <laughs> we're talking like the, the the cheap, right, marketing, the cheap Yellow, yellow Page. Believe it or not,
0: there's people who still Market in the yellow pages. <laughs> you would be surprised, but they still spend that
2: money. So I paid three hundred dollars a month for an ad in the yellow pages, and my first call was from a client that lives at sixty-six and uh, I'm sorry, fifty-fifth and twenty-third, which is the red light before you get to Buholts. If you're kind of familiar okay. with that yeah, area, yeah, yeah. right? This guy had remodeled his whole house. So this is my first job, right? First job, Scott remodeled his whole house, painted his whole house, put a new roof on it, put a new fence, new driveway, stained concrete driveway, semicircle driveway, and I made this house on the corner which was kind of a crap hole into a really, really nice house. And all I did was lay sod, put mulch down, put a couple plants in and start cutting it. And you wanna talk about marketing, I have no marketing sense at all. The guy comes outside and says, hey man, you know, this is a pretty busy red light. You give me 10% off my monthly bill, I'll let you put a sign out front. Hey, that'll work. I'll make a sign and get it put out front. Put it out front, I got calls, so many calls. I still to this day will have people be like, hey, Masters Lawn Care, didn't you do that job at like that road 55th <laughs> and 23rd right there over there by Buchholz? We got so much work, we ended up getting Buholtz High School. That was the school that was the, the the client that put me over the edge to go full time. Okay. In landscaping. We still have them as a client today, Buholz High School. Dang. Yeah. So so just kinda that's 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 the story, man. That's how I got in it full time and how how I got in landscaping and
0: working outside and loving work. Okay, so I do. It, the Masters long care, is that like a franchise? It is not. It's not, it's yours. It's mine. This, okay. Well, it's the Masters. Masters. um okay dang dude like i then i gotta give you mad mad props because like i almost you know when you see it like when i see it out on the road i see your trucks and stuff it feels like a franchise you know what i mean like you see like just this unified look and branding and clean like you've done a really excellent job man it's pretty awesome
2: i appreciate that i would love to take ownership of that that is not for me i've got a awesome team that really, really helps with the marketing and the branding and, and doing quality work and I just kind of get to sit here and do podcasts and, and talk
1: about it. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do too. Would, would, you still, would you still be advertising in the phone book if it wasn't for them?
2: Possibly, <laughs> I'm
0: pretty old school.
2: <laughs> they laugh all the time, they say I should be in my 60s. But.
0: Okay, so that was, you started in 2004. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're on the same. I mean, we're 16 years old. We started in 2004, too. I mean, a lot has changed in our community since 2004. Yeah. I mean, what's been the, what's just been like the biggest, we'll call it the whoa factor? Sure. What's <laughs> sure. it like over 16 years when you look back at your, at everything that's happened in your career and the, with your business? Like, what's been like the thing It's just been like, whoa? Hmm. You know, I, I would say,
2: or, or, let me ask you a question to, to kind of clarify this question. Okay. Is this a woe about how the business grew?
0: Do I think it Or could, like what I learned about I the community could. or? You know, so it's so interesting that, that you asked that because like I, I just love the fact that it can be whatever you really want it to be. Like, uh-huh. you know, because for a lot of people, when you ask a question like that, they, they go, man, you know what, my mind instantly goes back to when, like, everything crashed in, like, 2007 or eight. You know, like, sure. you know so where people's minds go when they're asked a question like that, um, I don't know, like, what's been the biggest surprise, what's been the biggest, uh, you know, the thing that really made it take off, or like sure. the, the year that you remember the most, like what's that whoa moment for you? Hmm. I think I this think should the, be like almost a question, you know, because these are really like the whoa podcast. We should almost like have this as like the question that we end with or something. Right? It needs to be like what's what what's been your whoa moment? What makes
2: me say whoa? Okay, <laughs> so I would I would say, I would have to say the amazement of watching people develop, people on the team develop and grow and, and change. And I mean, I just think of team members that walked in the door, and I think of like when they first walked in and I, and we've got team members that are actually now past team members that are now competitors in our same industry and we help them out and we're, we're on the same team but they're technically in the same industry as, a, as another competing business I've got team members that are literally leaving right now and have, have developed has become all the way from beginning as being an administrative assistant and now moving on and opening their own plant business and interior plant business um Uh, the amazing ways that I get to see people grow and develop personally and professionally. That's what makes me say, Whoa,
0: cool.
1: (laughs) So what got you interested in the the lawn care business in the first place? Have you, how, did you have a passion about it? Did, was it something that you looked around and was just like, oh, there's a, a void for this"? Or
2: yeah, so I, I would say three things: one, I love working outside; two, I had experience in it; and three, it was a low barrier for entry. I mean, I started out on like shoestring budget, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I was introduced in that same year, 2004, to two things: Crown Financial Ministries, which is kind of a, a Christian-based like financial ministry, and then Dave Ramsey. So those two things were like,
0: "Pay,", so we're pay. "Listening to, like Dave Ramsey like so much right, right now." Yeah, Thanks Dude, to you- Sherman and like, (laughs) (laughs) he's a rock star. Uh,
2: So those, those two influences on me, like had me like saving money, living on a budget, getting out of debt and all these things. And then you like trying to open a business while you're trying to get out of debt, like it's not easy. So it was, it was shoestring budget and, and you know, for landscaping, all you need is really a shovel and a wheelbarrow and a little equipment.
0: The grass grows a lot in florida
1: i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> get to some summer
0: tips later yeah I can't wait uh, it like just yeah. keeps growing it's like dang All so right. yeah
2: and so, there was also a big need in the in the industry like i feel like if you spoke with anybody from the months of probably april to october the the one thing that everybody could complain about is either it's too hot to work in my yard or my lawn guy sucks. And and you hear about that a lot. And that's not a cut down to the industry, it's just kind of the reality of it. And
0: uh, yeah, so I thought there was a big opportunity there to make yeah. a difference. So, but talk to me about like the competitive side of this. Mm-hmm. Because there, I mean, there's just a lot. You know, like when I look at, like, I mean, let's just spit it real, right? Like, well, there's three scooter dealerships. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been a lot. more. Well, we've had as many right. as seven or eight and they've mm-hmm. like gone out, but we got sure. like, you know two really main competitors right and mm-hmm. but when you like look at like lawn care companies i mean there's, there's a lot there is right so like what are the things that you guys are doing that really kind of differentiate yourself from the rest of the group and and then even how did you even determine what those things were like you know what i mean sure sure so
2: so it's you know I lived in a condo at that time and, and this is relevant because at the, at the condo I was the president of the condo association and I hired a company and I'm going to name the name the company they're still in business and actually friendly with a guy but we, we had to terminate our contract with him because the, the, the value that we had versus the price that we paid just didn't match it doesn't mean that the price was too high it just meant the value wasn't there in the service and so uh, I, I was looking at other companies and I'm meeting with these companies and I'm getting quotes and there's quotes all over the app and I just didn't really get any professional vibe from any of them and I thought man this is this is an opportunity I mean I I can I can walk into this industry and add a ton of professionalism right off the bat there's just so much opportunity that you know I just saw that there that we could make a difference and so that was where it was kind of born. Okay. right there in the middle of that frustration with what well, is going on in my retail store job and I like working outside and I want to own my business, own business and then I start getting quotes and I'm like, this just doesn't add up. I mean, there's something missing here. Yeah. So I wanted to be that missing piece. So what do we do that makes us different and how does that uh, inform our competition? You're right, if you drive up down 441 here, you may pass, if it's about 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, like 12 different lawn companies, but we really don't consider them our competitor because in this industry, there's just so much business. I mean, you just look at the grass and get <laughs> <right? laughs> And so, there's so much opportunity out there, it's really, you don't have to see people as a competitor. If you just offer a quality service at the right price, and some people aren't our clients and they are theirs, it's kinda like restaurants. There's a million different restaurants, but if you open one, you offer a good service, and professionalism, people are gonna come, so.
0: Yeah. What's, so, you know, when I think about this business, there's always, I don't know when I think about any business like there's something that happens along the way that you never thought would ever happen or that you never expected to happen, right? What's been that thing for you? Like and I'm talking about like industry related. Like when you started when you started this business, you never would have predicted that XYZ was going to happen and it happened.
2: Hmm. That that's a good question. I would say that uh, one of the, you know, I, I, probably everybody answers this, and uh, the first thing that comes to mind, but I, I don't want to be like everybody else. Is is I had no idea that we could get to this
0: size. Like I didn't know that. I knew there was a lot. What of does that mean by size? You're talking about team members, you're talking about um, amount of gross revenue, sales, gross sales. all,
2: okay. all, of, all of the above. So I thought it could be, you know, just a, a, a small business that could feed my family and help some some team members, you know, have jobs and. Just do like a lot of the other lawn companies here. I just had no idea that that we would grow the way we grew, and it's all based on our team members and our clients, which are amazing. But that that really is the biggest factor that I'm just like, I didn't see this.
0: Okay, so for you in that stage, do you do you like look at that and you're like, okay, like let's go harder, like, let's go hard, like more, 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 or? You know, one of the things that I've kind of learned over my career is a term that I've heard it called controlled growth. Something that I really didn't <laughs> know much about. I because sure. I, I was very much the guy who's like, you know like let's go. More and more more sales, sales, sales. And you don't really realize it at the time when you're doing a lot. Like, but sometimes more sales doesn't necessarily mean more profit. It does not. Right? So you know, has your more sales meant more profit? And, you know, or how are you kind of like evaluating that and kind of gauging this growth opportunity?
2: Yeah, so I can answer that in two ways. In 2011, no, as a matter of fact, in 2011, we had grown every year, right, six, seven years in, we had grown every year over the last year and every year we had actually made less money for four years in a row. <laughs> so it was like, okay, more sales, more work, more headaches, more team members, more equipment to break, all this stuff, but, but less profit and less on the bottom line. And I reached out and I, and I joined a, a green industry peer group with a bunch of other uh, landscape business owners from all across the country, non-competing markets. And in 2011, the, the first thing they kind of told me was, raise your prices, get more efficient, and, and find more ways that you can offer services while you're on that job. So take that one client. You have to make more dollars per client. You have to make more dollars per hour. And you have to find a way to make your team more efficient. So better tools, whatever, whatever the case is, just do whatever you can. But that's the key. Um, because we lost money for four straight years and grown. We actually dropped some of our biggest clients. So it's kind of an oxymoron, right? Like you want to grow your bottom line, but you drop your biggest clients. We dropped two apartment complexes the first month that I was uh, in that group, and that changed the trajectory of the company. Those lessons
0: and, and learning what we do well what specifically? And, was it just because the margin was so slim margin, and you're yeah. like doing all this work, it was taking too many hours? Like what, what were you looking at in that?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's man hours. So for our business and any service business really, but especially in maintenance, we don't, we don't sell a scooter. We don't sell a product, a hamburger, or whatever you wanna talk about. Like we sell a service and so it comes down to what we call SPH, some people would call efficiency. It comes down to dollars per hour right? So what are you bringing in for every labor hour you put out? That's the bottom line, because we sell the service. So if it takes us, and I'm just, you know, rough numbers, if it takes us two man hours, not crew hours, two man hours to mow a lawn, right? And that client pays us 50 bucks, we made $25 per man hour, right? And the key to to increase profitability is to increase that dollar per man hour. That's what it comes down to. And so instead of using the 36-inch mower, maybe you use a 48-inch mower, right? Instead of using the push mower, you use a you know a walk behind so the guys aren't getting as fatigued. So you just maximize your efficiency. I also had four guys riding around in a truck doing residential lawns. They're like tripping over each other doing properties, right? So we had to buy more vehicles, which is again counterintuitive, right? But to put two guys in a truck so they can do better service while they're there and not have wasted man hours because they both finished doing the job in 15 20 minutes but now I got two guys sitting in the truck while the other two guys blow off for 10 minutes that's wasted 20 minutes times 10 jobs a day right That's 200 minutes it's
0: a lot of it's a lot of time are they does the team get paid like per job then? Yeah. No. no, So you're paying them per hour. I wish we could do
2: that. Uh, but we, we kind of played around with that and we lost a lot of our quality in the, you know, and you you, you have to balance that, right? Like quality and efficiency, like you want efficient, mm-hmm. but you can have like 100% efficiency. You can have a really high SPH if you don't show up and do the job. <laughs> like somebody pays us 100 bucks to, to mow their lawn or to spray their lawn or to plant the shrub and we just don't show up you have a really high efficiency rating, but then you're going to get fired. <laughs> right, so the next yeah. week, you're not going to have a job to go do, right? And the balance on the other side is you can get paid $100 to do that lawn, right? And you can go there and spend all day doing it. And you get, you know, SPH is $10 per hour, but you paid the guy 16 <laughs> so you lost money. You've got to find a way to balance in the middle there. And that's, that's the key, balance efficiency and quality.
0: Okay. So... The, I guess like my mind's going like <laughs> I'm like trying to picture like guys driving around town and like how I'm holding them accountable to like mm-hmm. getting the stuff done in, in an efficient manner. Like, yeah. cause you're not like you guys. You know when they come out to my house and they're cutting the grass, like you're not there like breathing down their neck. You're right. Right. So like, how are you ensuring that one that they're doing an excellent job, which they do. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which is, you know, like. So what's fantastic. our quality yeah, control? it's on. like, what's the quality control? Like, what's the, and then how are you, like, basing the, the time spent? You know, so if it's a two-hour job, like, what, I mean, are you just looking at yard side? Like, how are you determining, okay, this is a two-hour job, sure. and, and then those guys end up taking two and a half hours? You sure. Know, like, what's what's the discussion like is there a discussion is it like oh it's just gonna happen like you know it
2: depends on the season but but we have historical averages and all this and all of our trucks have GPS on them so we know how long for example they were here at your property and we know how guys how many guys were in the truck so we can figure all that out pretty quickly uh, using some of the tools that we have the other piece that I would say to that is uh, the quality control piece is extremely important and it all comes down to the account manager and we have a department manager who's in charge of the efficiency and quality control and hiring and firing of the guys. And then we also have, and again, every department is different, but talking more specifically about the maintenance department, which most people are familiar with, then we also have account managers that go and check those properties and, and based on the size of them, how many times per year. So, you know, a big commercial complex or like an apartment complex, they're going to get a quality control inspection once a month, right? And a residential property can get a quality control inspection once every three months, once a quarter,
1: I get it every week with my right. with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, so I
1: don't want you to give away your secrets uh-huh. or anything, but how often are you uh, checking that GPS for accountability? Is it something that you have built in, or is it, it something is. that you only do whenever you suspect?
2: No, you know? no, so that, that so... Two two answers there. We check the GPS in detail for one crew per week, just making sure things are being done right, right. Like for example, they're 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 clocked out for a thirty minute lunch. We want to make sure that's not an hour and thirty minute lunch. You know, little things like that. But then, but then, so there there's one crew they're looking at that GPS report per week. But we look at the SPH every week. And that's a real, real easy figure because it's just clocking. Okay, real quick for yeah. our
0: listening audience, just in case they missed it, what is SPH?
2: Sales per hour.
0: So, oh, SPH. So yep. you're saying sales SPH, per hour. sales
2: per hour. So that comes down to, again, that $100, you know, project or job or whatever. And it took two hours to do, so that's your sales is $100. see how I kind of like blame that on the
0: audience? Mm-hmm. Like, just in case you guys, yeah. just in case the audience missed that, I'm like, <laughs> SPH. We're looking at you. <laughs> looking at you guys. <laughs> Not that I missed it, but just in case you guys missed it. Well, yeah. this is this is stuff that I speak every day. So right, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's this my way of they blaming it the on audience in case they missed it. Not that I missed it, but you guys. Okay, moving on. Sales, yeah. sales per hour. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking at. That's yep. our metric. Exactly. This is the accountability measure. You're able to like so look that's at the averages,
2: efficiency, accountability, and then there's the quality accountability, which is that quality control inspection, and yeah. that's graded on a one to ten. And if you're anything below a six, you're going back so so and then let's say they did your yard on thursday and we do the quality control inspection on friday we're like this property does not look up to our standards it's below that rating they're they're going back on friday and
1: got some pissed off
2: guys Like on, on, friday. Their,
1: own, on their own time kind of dealer no
2: no no they're paid no they're oh. paid but they, they don't want to work late on a friday
1: okay
0: you know okay So the reason, you know, we're here, we're really diving into like a lot of service stuff, right? Because I mean, we can relate, you know, like I, I hope we're not boring our audience out there talking about the service based business. I think, yeah, talking shop, you know, but like we're very similar. Like we have techs and they work on scooters and they get, you know, we've been kind of moving from... Uh, an hour like where we pay like an hourly rate. That's like I was kind of asking you, like, do you pay per job? Because we're kind of testing that right now. Like, mm-hmm. I've had other dealerships, and I say, like, that's the only way to do it. It's like, okay, this job, this is an hour and a half job, it pays an hour and a half. If they do it in an hour, they still get paid an hour and a half. However, mm-hmm. if they do it in two hours, like, you're still paying them an hour and a half, you know? So, like, I kind of, I've, I'm starting to see the benefits in that for us, sure. Um, it's been a. It's almost like you're holding them accountable through the system, right? Like I don't have to be breathing down their neck to make sure that they're not spending an extra half hour when we quoted, you know, if it that they're not spending two hours on a one and a half hour job that we're being paid for, right? Sure. So. I don't know. It's just it's super interesting to kind of hear. I mean, I know it's completely different industries, yeah, I but I think s- that's what's so great and like re- you know rewarding for a lot of the people who do listen. It's like maybe you can kind of like pull bits and pieces into your own business. And I think um, I think they're they're a little bit different, even though they're both service. So like,
2: your product or your service is here, and if that scooter starts and it didn't start when it came in, and it starts when it leaves. The guy did his job right. The guy or gal they 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 did the job right. Ours is is not at our shop. Ours is all throughout Gainesville and Newberry and Alachua. I mean, so there's a little more of the need to make sure that the the quality's there, and not one to push so hard on that efficiency. Because if you just push too far on efficiency. You just have a lot of problems. And there is that piece. And you mentioned, you know, the the quality control at your property is yourself because you're looking at it when they're done like, man, they did a good job or they can't believe they missed that. I've been looking at that for a week. What happened? Right. (laughs) Our clients will call us, especially during COVID, like everybody's home and they notice, but they call (laughs) us and they let us know. And and, and the way we respond to that is, you know, we don't get frustrated with those complaints. We just want to make it right. And we can't fix it if we don't know it ain't right.
0: So did COVID give you guys a spike? Yeah. It did, right? Yeah. Well, I'm telling you right now. So I called Rusty to co- like come and do like a complete, like a complete like overhaul of my house because for you're there if you staring guys, at the weeds. Anybody <laughs> any of our listeners who were like listening to or watching, I would say rather watching, if you're watching the coronavirus sessions, right? And we're doing these we were doing these coronavirus sessions via Zoom. Here I am. I'm like I'm doing them on my back porch. You're like, everyone's like, oh yeah, I heard the birds chirping in the background. I mean, like no all sorts of noises. And um, man, every time I was back there with this laptop, I'm recording, doing the Zoom podcast, I'm like looking at my yard and I'm like this, Place is a disaster, how did I even let it get to this point? And I just know, I mean that happened for everybody, everybody's at home, they're working from home, and it's just yeah. like, oh my gosh, look at my yard. Like this is atrocious, like I should do something about this. So, so that we, actually led to like an increase for you guys?
2: So it, it led to an increase in negative situations, an increase in positive situations, I'll talk about both, Yeah, yeah. we can be real transparent here, right? Yeah. So like the, the, the negative situation was, You know, clients that usually go to work at eight, nine o'clock in the morning and come home at five o'clock, six o'clock in the evening and they don't really look at their yard because they're needing to get home and spend time with the family and they may be out in the yard one time a week. Now they're out in their yard like, a lot during the week because they're like, they got kids in the house driving them crazy. They're like, I got I to get out and make some calls. I'm going to go walk. And they're looking, right? And so they're just seeing things that they haven't seen before, asking questions they haven't asked. So that naturally brought on a lot more questions, a lot more calls, not not necessarily a ton of complaints, but just a lot more scrutiny, right, of <laughs> the stuff. Uh, the other side of that, the positive side, so that was a negative side, and we dealt with that. And it's great because it allowed us to provide a lot of coaching to our team and make sure that we provide. Excellent value. I mean, that's huge, right? To have that much, we could see it as a negative, or we can see it as an opportunity. An opportunity where it was there to show them that we're different than other green. He's <laughs> so
0: much better right? than I am. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like I hear an answer like that, I'm like. I'm like thinking to myself like you guys need to do better, dang it. I'm getting like all these calls. You know, like I'm just thinking about how I would handle that. I need I, I need to take a lot more notes here. <laughs> uh,
2: and then the so. positive side of that was is people like you, right? Like they're they're like I want to do something with my yard. Like I can't go on this vacation. I can't go on this trip that I'd hoped to go on. I I'm spending more time at home. And, 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 and kind of a negative side of that is I don't want people in my house. So I'm not going to remodel my kitchen. I don't right. want people in my house. Where can I invest in at my home but not in my home? your yard, right? So we did a bunch of paver installs, a bunch of patios, fire pits, cleaned up backyards, things that people had just noticed that they hadn't let go, but they hadn't spent enough time to notice. And so that the uh, the coronavirus kind of gave them some time at home to notice and and gave us the opportunity to fix it, which is cool. However, the other side effect of that and then this goes back into the negative was those paver installs. Mm-hmm. They take a whole lot longer when the client's home, when they're asking questions about mm-hmm. every little process, right? Like, I don't know if you have this in your, in your shop here, but every mechanic I've ever been to has been like, you know, the it's this much per hour if we fix your car and it's this much per hour if you want to watch, <laughs> right? And, and I wish we had that, that uh, conversation with some of them because they want to be out there a lot. <laughs>
1: Did you have many clients pause or cancel because, you know, they were displaced by their jobs or for yeah. or laid off or anything? Yeah, was that a- we,
2: we had several. We had several. So uh, a big part of our business, unfortunately, for them was, was hotels. And, I mean, hotels were hugely mm-hmm. affected. You think about the hotel industry. And, I mean, they went from, you know, expecting college graduations and all this kind of stuff and having an influx of income, and they went to, like, zero, Right, and they're living and cutting left and right. We had a high end apart, uh, high end. I'm sorry, uh, a hotel that literally cut their service from once a week to once every two months, okay. and that was just to like keep us on the property. And we're talking about April, May, like grass is growing. We're not talking about January. Um, we we service a, a bunch of uh, restaurants in town, and I mean restaurants took a huge hit. And they paused services and they just let their grass grow because. They're closed. What does it matter? And they don't have any income coming in. So, yeah, we, we did have some of that. Thankfully, 99% of those restarted service right back as soon as things started going the other direction. That's good.
1: When they had to do that, like go go from a weekly service, say, to a once every two months, did, did did the cost of the job change because of the condition it was in?
2: We could have done that, and we really debated because it did take, you know, not so, twice as much work. work. Yeah, right. I mean, cutting the grass is the same whether it's this tall or this tall, most of the time, within reason. But but the shrubs, the weeds, all the other things that, you know, make a quality landscape did take Twice as much time. And we really debated that. We're like, we're not going to kick them while they're down. What our real end goal is not short term, not making money per job over the next three months while we fight through this. We didn't know it was going to be six months, but, uh, or maybe longer. Of course. But, uh, but the, the end goal was to stay on the property, keep them a happy client with what we're, what we can provide them. And let's get the other side of this and have a long term client. And that's, that's what was out long term relationships.
1: It's right. good. Does the does the neighborhood lawn kid still exist? Is that oh, still, yeah, needed? okay, yeah?
2: And actually, you know, I, I get the opportunity to lead um, some uh, freshman boys and at our church, Anthem Church, and and so one of them is starting his own business. And he's asking me details, and he's like, "Hey, Rusty, man, you can help coach me up." And I'm mowing a yard right next to your guys right now. I'm like, "God, oh, that ought to be my client." <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they do exist, and and it and it's it's pretty cool. Awesome.
0: <laughs> then you're like, my consulting fee is 350. <laughs> Dollars an hour, kid. I can't
1: percentage of profit, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah, uh, Well, that's so. Uh, I mean, that's gonna. I mean, it's just great that you're investing that time into others. You know, those entrepreneurial coaches. I mean, we need more of them, honestly. We you do. Know? In we do. Today's today's society. So it's really really cool that you're doing that. Um, man, like, just kind of like thinking, you know, all this, all this. COVID stuff so I mean when you're It sounds like things are like getting back to normal because you say a lot of these accounts are restarting. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, are your sales up from last year? Like have you done better because of it? Or did it kind of even out because of the accounts that dropped and then you got the people who are like looking at their lawn saying, Man, I gotta do something about this. Yeah.
2: So that's a great question. And it really depends on the department, right? So we have four kind of fundamental departments, which is maintenance. Lawn health, which is the spraying and pest control on the lawn, and then landscape installation, and then irrigation. Um, So out of those four departments, landscape is up pretty heavily, right? Because that's where people are spending more time at home and can invest in their home, and it's not people in their home, it's at their home, right? Um, Maintenance took a dip as far as growth took a dip, like the trajectory of our growth pattern took a dip for two months and now it's looking like it's lining back up. Again, I say that tentatively because it's only been about four weeks that it's looking like it's back up but I I think it's back up hitting the numbers we're hitting Uh, lawn health actually spiked in a positive direction Um, I think that comes down to being at home and noticing more weeds in the lawn more problems and like my lawn's not green and maybe before they didn't see it because they weren't there or whatever and so they called us and that's that's been great irrigation is down a little bit and that's mostly weather related I think I mean how much rain have we gotten recently? Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's been a ton of rain, even though it's been hot, and so irrigation's been a, a little down.
1: That's something you got to track, like yearly, right? Exactly. So you know exactly, you know what the rain average rainfall is say exactly. compared. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you can watch our sales spike based on the rainfall doing the opposite. And you're
0: tracking that data. All? Oh yeah. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. That's my kind of data. I like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mike is yeah. like my data
0: guy. Like
1: is this Mike's riding because
0: no, honestly, like that's those mine. Like that's like the. Yeah, and Rusty's referring to the whiteboard that's behind me in our office, huh? yeah. Like that's kind of like my very basic data. It's like very, you know, black and white. It's like yeah. sales. Like this was last year. This is this year. <laughs> so, you know, like I mean, it's like very, very straightforward. Yeah. Uh, Mike is like my guy who knows exactly how many green scooters we sold <laughs> on, on, in oh. this on this day. Four
1: years ago, like yeah.
0: that's what I rely on him for. You know, am I so right? So y'all use the disc? Or are
1: y'all? Are you... This is honestly, it's as crude as it gets. It's like literally me staring at an Excel sheet, and because I because wow. I want to know, and and it's not formal. It's just it's his stuff. Like, he's yeah, put it I stare at it and and want to know because because he'll you know working for Colin, it's like you know. I, he could, he could pop into my text messages or Slack messages or come by the office and say something at any given moment and it's much better for me to be <laughs> able to answer the question, than to need to take a lot of time and dive into it. So I just sure. try to keep it at the ready.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. No, when I said disc, I meant like personality disc assessment. Disc assessment. Right, yeah. right, right. So you got to be a high C. You know, or I don't think I've ever
1: done it. It's not the you first need time to I come it. up. Like I'm gonna have to do. It what do you air think I am?
2: But. oh, dude, you're all I. No question. I. Yeah, influencing man. That's really? that's all you got. Okay.
0: Yeah. So like. You know Craig Craig Wilburn when we did the episode one hundred yep. he was like he's like you're all di you know he's like you're d and I'll, he's right like that's exactly what I am you're right d, d. you I'm got a higher like, d than I um yeah wow yeah um, I just
2: don't see that side of you I guess yeah so,
0: yeah oh. that's awesome man or maybe it's not yeah. Like, uh, Dang, I don't know. I'll have to double check. Wait. I'll double check while he's asking a question. Like I can yeah. probably
1: pull it up because <laughs> I, I probably got. to Also, it go back and listen to episode one eleven where you get to know Colin really well with Lauren Douglas's interview.
0: <laughs>
2: oh
1: yeah,
2: that's coming. Lauren's great. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: so well, how is how is your I'll go back to the team thing. So I've got, I've got two main bullet points I want to hit. And one is I can't wait to hear some summer lawn tips. So I'll let you go ahead and start thinking about that. But how has (laughs) your, how has your leadership changed over the years when you started and and where things are at now? Like how have you changed as a person? How do you invest into yourself as a leader? Like what does that look like?
2: Okay. So I'm, I'm a personality growth junkie. So that, that's me. But investing in my team is a little bit different. And, and and the investment in a team is more along, like I I see it as one of my jobs and not just, (laughs) help them develop professionally, which, you know, that's something I have to do is they have to grow professionally, but to help them grow personally. And so some leadership things we do with our team to keep them growing as we do every year, different financial courses, because the biggest problem we see with blue collar guys, the biggest problem we see is financials. It comes down to not understanding the, the basics of money management mm-hmm. and nobody's ever taught them it's not their fault and i'm not gonna get into political debate here but mm-hmm. man like we how do we teach them in high school all these so much stuff but we don't teach them the basics of of a budget and the, and the dangers of a credit card like how do we do that we teach them all these things math and, calcu- and al- calculus and algebra but we don't teach them how to balance a checkbook and and when there's too much month at the end of the money like what do we do Right, and so, so, I feel like it's my job to really set these guys and their families up for success with some fundamental financial training you know uh, getting out of debt, fixing their credit, a lot of it's based on Dave Ramsey principles, um, but it's really really boiled down into into classes. We do some relationship coaching, we bring in some um trained relationship advisors and just give them coaching on how to communicate with their children how to communicate with their wives and how to improve their relationships we have the opportunity to do that we do most of this in the winter because in the summer the last thing they want to see is me on a saturday or on a friday (laughs) like they want to go home Uh, but most of this stuff is done in the winter but that's that's a lot of what we do to help develop leadership on our team and develop them. Because if you're growing them professionally and they can identify more plants and know how to spray the lawn and know how to identify the weed and identify the pest and plant the shrub, that's great and all. But if, they're, if their life's in shambles outside of the work, their work life's gonna be in shambles too. So trying to help improve that in ways is is the way we really
0: lead. That's awesome. I mean, we've been talking about doing very much the simil- like a similar thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, so even talking about the Lauren Douglas episode, I mean, you know, one of the things that I like pointed to was the fact that like we have so much company debt. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I've been like I've been looking and like thinking about, you know, like where are we going? I'm like, man, we got so much. We got this company debt, and it's like weighing us down. We can't really have the things that we want because of this. And then and then I like have it in like I have my own personal debt, and like and then I know that all my team members have it too. And it's just like, man, we gotta get like. We gotta get this off of our plate. Sure, <laughs> you know what I mean. Sure. So It's it's. I mean, it's really really cool that that you do that. Um, it's definitely something that I want to start implementing here. It's just like just coaching on that stuff. And like I'm really, and this is what I said in that episode. Like I'm really disciplined. Like with, you know, I've been out of debt several times. What I end up doing, which is not what I should be doing, is that I end up bringing the business debt onto myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, because you can get like 15%, no interest for Sure, you know? sure. <laughs> it's like, let me just like take this debt and put it on my plate to relieve the business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so, I don't know, so interesting. I've been on a Dave Ramsey kick too. so it's like so, great. Yeah. Cause, I mean, yeah. we, Cause we had Sherman Merricks on the show and mm-hmm. he got into that we talked about a lot of financial stuff, which has been kind of a common theme. And I think a lot, that theme is starting to pop up more, I think, because of 2020, oh, because of, of COVID. A lot of, of people losing their jobs. A lot of people, you know, realizing that they need to manage their money better. Um, yeah, because you don't notice the need for an emergency until you have
2: an emergency. An emergency <laughs> right? I mean, that's, and that's what 2020 has been. is like, have we, has there been an emergency we haven't had yet this year? Right. Like, now we got a hurricane out in the, oh,
1: the it's like, too, come though, on. Sometimes that pause and everybody's had kind of had a different story with how covid has impacted them but that pause that that ability to kind of have some introspection and analyze yourself where maybe maybe it's the go 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 that you end up burying yourself in a deeper hole and not even realizing it but having the opportunity to sit back and kind of spend more time with the family and kind of get a bird's eye view of your situation i think can actually be a very helpful thing and i think people are experiencing that too why it's coming right. up is because as they're they're doing long hard looks inside oh yeah
2: oh yeah i mean you take a weekend when you usually have all these things planned. i don't know if y'all live like that but i mean it's like I look at my calendar i'm like oh you want to do something I'm, I'm busy for the next 16 weekends but right. I, 17th weekend looks free <laughs> i've got like between 2 and 4 p.m on saturday afternoon mm-hmm. like uh so so all that stopped and now you've got the weekends and you're like spending time with your family at your house and
1: yeah and, and the best thing that i've learned and i've i'm i'm no um you know, student of Ramsey yet, but like it's 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 the behavioral changes. It's it's getting getting it into your DNA, and I think. Even, even when you talk about the, the behavioral phenomenon behind that snowball, it's, you know, he says all the time it's not the optimum way to do it, but it's it's the right way to do it because it helps. That's right. You're building the behavioral thing. And I think some of these things too, it's like once you get a little bit of momentum making the right decisions, it starts to become addicting because you know you're doing it right. Yeah. And and if you can keep that momentum going, then then that's the progress. That's, that's, that's the train that's going forward. That's right.
2: So. Life's <laughs> well, all about momentum. And yeah, if you get, if you get, you can get in a debate with people that are like, God, but the pay the highest interest right, loan right, right, like.
1: right. Yeah, That's always fun to listen to. I mean, yeah. like I've even had those conversations yeah. with you. I'm, yeah. like,
0: I'm like, yeah, like I like follow his philosophy to a point. Like if I have, you know, one credit card at $9,000 another one's at 10,000, but this one has no interest and it's at 10,000. You know, like, like, yeah, Dave ish. Like, yeah. Dave ish guy. I, I, I'm, a, I'm probably, at least right now, I'm probably like Dave ish. Like on stuff like, cause I'm like, dude, I'm like pay
1: off the interest credit card first. We will have a Ramsey personality on our podcast before episode 200. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that would be exciting. Throwing it out there. I'm you not saying it? it's going to be Get dared, Chris but Hogan. It'll be, it'll no, be get hard Chris, Chris Hogan great. Yeah. I'm reading his book we'll right have now. A yeah. Retire
0: Inspired. The other one, The Everyday Millionaire. Uh, Everyday Millionaire. Yeah. I'm like
1: halfway through it. It's really good. That's good. Like it. it's really good. Yeah. That's good. I just used one of my Audible credits for it. I haven't gotten into it yet. But yeah. Guess, yeah <laughs> no,
0: it's it's really good. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I'm, I really, I'm still on
1: Baby Step 2. but You know what's funny is like,
0: so you're talking about the momentum stuff. Like, I can't sleep at night because I'm like thinking about getting out of debt. Sure. You know, and so I've been like, Gazelle and, and you're talking about being at home, everybody at home at home with COVID. This kind of, I'm like looking around my house, like, I could sell that picture. I could sell that picture. I could sell that. Like I'm like, this what? mattress is a little I, too comfortable. I, I, li- yes, I yes. may have
2: seen some of your stuff posted up there, for sale on Facebook. Oh,
0: man. Everybody who is connecting to me has seen my stuff on Facebook. I'm like, y'all know Colin played the trumpet. Every market, played. I sold two trumpets last weekend, man. Like, they're gone. Like, I mean, it, which was that was actually a little hard to sell those because yeah. that was like such a piece of my life for so long. Uh, it was a little bit tougher, but I was like, Man, I can get some money for these, and, and I did like so. Uh, you know, but I'm like walking around asking my wife, I'm like, What else can I sell? What else can I sell? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, it's just funny. I'm like, We're gonna be min- minimalists by the time this, <laughs> like, I'm over, we have an empty house and a hot tub, like, that. <laughs> like yeah. way back in the day. That's it. We don't have a hot tub right now, but. You know, like, but we're not gonna have any like furniture, any like thing. I'm like, just sell it all, sell it all, sell it
1: all. I tell my kids, sell it all. There's no sports, so you don't need the TV, right?
0: Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let me dive into one thing that I've been uh, pretty interested about with your team specifically. Yeah. Um, you know, like when I like look at this industry as a whole, and I'm sure you probably deal with this all the time, right? It's like. The quality of your laborers, like the people who mm-hmm. are doing this work, right? You know, there's I'm like I know you got great training and stuff involved and, and, sure. and that kind of thing. But like when you like look at it and you know, it's it's no doctor, like you know what I mean? Like it's like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a hard working, you're out sweating, That's like right. it's it's labor work, mm-hmm. right? But the thing that I've found fascinating with your company in particular is that any time I've had an interaction with one of these guys, it's been superb. Like, you Thank know you. what I mean? Like, the convers- like mm-hmm. they, uh, and maybe it has a lot to do with some of the education stuff that you're doing, some of the training things that you're doing, like, I, I don't really know. Um, but I'm really kind of interested how you get you know what I would consider like a, a base level position, not to like discredit it by any means. No, like no. <laughs> like yeah. I would never want to do it because I just don't want to like sweat outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, you know, how do you get somebody like that so, and this kind of maybe is reflected in the culture, like mm-hmm. that's where I'm kind of going like wh- like what is it? How do you get somebody like that? I don't know what they get paid, I don't know anything about but how do you get them so invested to win, like me as a homeowner, like ask them a question. It's like a super pleasant experience. Sure. You know that's, what I mean? That's
2: a great question. And it, and it took a while to get there. So we didn't start out there. Um, I'm naturally cheap. That's why I like Dave Ramsey a lot, right? So so I, I started out paying low wages and hiring anybody that come in the door. Matter of fact, my hiring method, it was really, really great. It was like fog up a mirror and hop in a truck, right? That's That was the hiring method. And if you can fog the mirror, then you can probably run a weed eater. Let's roll. Uh, but in 2015, we had a cultural shift and it was a complete culture shift and it started from a book. I think it was called The Ideal Team Player. I think it's by Lencioni, I could be messing that up, but I it's called the ideal team player and it basically talked about hiring people based on three things. And it talked about hiring people based on are they humble? Are they hungry and are they people smart? And that doesn't mean smart like IQ, like that doesn't mean anything. People smart, meaning do they know how to relate with people and understand how to get social cues and work in a cultural environment of a team and, and you know not think he's better than everybody, but humble, hungry, people smart. If you have those three things, it is not hard how to learn how to spray a lawn, plant a plant, do a landscape design, do maintenance. It's hard work, don't get me wrong, But it's not hard to learn it's 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 fairly easy entry into that so the key is not finding people that know how to weed eat the best or know how to edge the best or know how to mow the best we can train all of that the key is finding The people that are humble, hungry, and people smart. If they're hungry, they can learn anything. If they're humble, they don't think they know it all, right? So they can learn anything. And when they deal with their team members, if they're people smart, they know how to build a positive culture. And in 2015, we started moving toward hiring based on those three things and then training for skill. So hiring for character, training for skill, and it transformed our organization. There were a lot of other things. I'd love to say it was just one thing. We raised our wages. We increased our benefits. But all of that was kind of down the road. as just kind of a natural shift more towards trying to get the right people with the right character in. Um, but but I mean
0: that that was the key. Or like so you were talking about the disc assessment and I was right. I'm like heavy, heavy D. Um, just so you know, that's awesome. It's just kind of. Um, like are you doing those kind of assessments or doing some some sort of assessment in order to find the people who have those attributes like how are you testing to find those specific attributes couple different things first off
2: interviewing we disk assessments we use for our leadership and management team okay um, but we do not do disk assessments just for basis of cost for every team member that walks in the door um and and it really comes down to it's not the cost of the disk assessment that's pretty cheap I think you can get them 20 25 bucks a person but you also have to train it if it's going to be and if any value of all like like for me to tell you okay where well you're a high D and a secondary of an I, and you walk in the door, you take that test. Now I know something about you, but that didn't tell you anything. Uh, you know, you may may think I'm weird or something. <laughs> What's he talking about, right? So that, that doesn't do much, but, or at least we don't utilize that for much for the total hiring thing. The piece that, that, that really changed was hiring based on the, the humble, hungry, people smart. We also learn about people more in a working interview more than just a face-to-face interview. Because anybody can tell you anything when they're across the desk from you in air conditioning. But when you really find out if people are are humble, hungry, and people smart, is when it's 100 degrees, and it's 100% humidity, and you've been running a weed eater and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon in a ditch. That's when you find out like, okay, is this guy really humble, is he really hungry, and does he really know how to get along with people on a team, like that's when you find that out. And that working interview's been key for us. Okay, dang. So, and and I guess I need to preface it, this is like the asterisk at the bottom, people get paid for working interviews, we don't just like, <laughs>
1: <Sure>. <laughs> it's
2: not free. Come label. on, work It's not gonna us. work out between us, but yeah.
1: appreciate that. But now. you can get a
2: free day of work, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: so when you made that change, I'm, I'm interested because, and, and I wanna be careful the way I say this, because, uh, I mean, I don't wanna say it the wrong way, but when you make that change, did you find it hard to find, you're, you're now identifying high character people, but was mm-hmm. it hard, to convince them or get them to want to or or were they willing to do labor intensive jobs? And I say that because in our our side, like a technician has a certain kind of personality. Uh, They like to work, the people that like to work with their hands and solve puzzles and stuff, usually, I don't like generalizations but I'm making one anyway, usually don't have the best interpersonal skills and stuff like that. it's it's why they like working with their hands and being to themselves. So when you start identifying high character people, what was was the applicant pool like, at least in terms of people you wanted to move forward? Was it hard to get them to do labor jobs?
2: Well, the first piece of that, I think, is how do you qualify them for the hard labor? And if they're applying for a landscape position in Florida, they're they're probably willing to do labor not all of them you know but but most of them so if they meet that and then you're going to find that out on that working interview as well so like are they able to do, perform the work there's some people that are totally willing but they're not able right they're not able to handle the heat for whatever reason and so so that's what that working interview helps us figure out but riding in the truck helps us figure out are they a cultural fit and then and then what they do on the yard tells us can they handle the the labor portion of it And it's not, again, it's not so much about the skill. Mm -hmm. We can teach the skill, but are you willing to get out there in that triple-digit humidity and that heat and work all day?
0: I'm not.
1: So You're not getting I'm an application. So glad,
0: today. <laughs> I'm so glad somebody's willing to. So, uh,
1: what are your? So I, because you bring it up, and it's a, it's a great. way. like, what are the safety procedures like? Like, how do you make sure that people don't overexert themselves on a the job?
2: Oh yeah, we do a lot of training on heat stress. I mean, that's that's probably something we hit on about once every six weeks. So. Um, uh, a lot of that is, is based on just the weekly team meetings that we have that involve some safety coaching in there. And, and that's just talking about identifying the things, you know, you get tingly, you get thirsty. If you get thirsty, get a drink. Yeah, it's one of those the things shade. that you
1: could have done this for years and exactly. still be vulnerable to yeah, it.
2: Yeah. We had a guy just the other week, um, one of our lawn techs spraying a lawn and literally just like in the middle of the day, he's like, man, it hit him out of nowhere. Just boom, face down in a lawn, like got dizzy and just out and, came to, and there was nobody with him. So that was like a big scare for us. Like, do we need to put two guys in a truck for lawn spray and Like, and we, and we found out, we targeted kind of what was wrong. He had worked on his engine, his engine on the, uh, on the spray truck had went down, and he'd worked on it. He usually drinks like two cups of water between every job. Well, when he worked on that engine for about an hour and a half, he didn't drink any water because he's frustrated with mm-hmm. the engine. Then the next lawn he sprayed, dehydrated. Yeah. So, but a lot, of, a lot of that is just training. Recognizing when, to, what are the symptoms in my body? If I start feeling tingly, I start kind of feeling a
0: little bit different, clammy. Like, get in the truck, get in the shade, and cool down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So we got to wrap it up in a second. Yeah. But my final question will be, yeah. You know, so, you know, you have, uh, you said the freshman from Anthem Church. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. So you got like these people, you know starting a business and you've been doing this for 16 years now mm-hmm. so what's like your go-to advice for that entrepreneur the person who's just now starting maybe it's a long care business maybe it's not maybe you're starting business in general like what is your go-to advice for the new entrepreneurs right now Coffee is for closers.
2: <laughs> That's it. Uh, you got to sell. If you don't sell, you don't, you can't, you don't have a job. That's it. Coffee's for closers.
0: Okay. So, is that what you're spending the most of your time doing? Like Drinking you, coffee? Yes. Yeah, I like coffee. Like, drink, like coffee meetings, networking, <laughs> trying to build new relationships, trying to close more deals. Like, no. where where's your where's your time as a leader being spent now that you've been doing this for sixteen years?
2: Yeah, so it's it's spent about fifty percent in sales and about fifty percent with my team just managing. Okay. Yeah. And that and I, and I fight regularly with that. Should I spend more time leading and managing and setting up systems? That's not my strength. I think every business owner has to play to their strengths, right? And then hire for your weaknesses. And And my strengths are in selling, and my weaknesses are in systems and the details. Like I'm, you're a detail guy, I'm not a detail guy, right? So that's not my strength, but I'm gonna play to my strengths and then uh, hire people on our team that can shore up my weaknesses.
1: How long did it take you to identify that? That's a good I'm still identifying okay. that. I
2: was literally wrestling with it today. Like, man, am I, re- should I really be doing this much in sales? Like, I feel like as a business owner, I ought to be like going over the P&L more often or going over this. And I'm not saying that's not important. And I'm not saying I don't do that. But I don't know that I invest enough time in that. And I, you know, I hear these guys in my business networking groups and, uh, you know, I'm in a, and Lauren's in Vistage. And so like, you hear these guys and they're talking about how much they watch their numbers. And if you're not spending hours on your P&L every week, you're not a good business owner. And I'm like, man. Wow, I feel kinda guilty. Thanks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh yeah, so I think it it comes down to your strengths.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean I just like yeah. I feel like a terrible business owner so many times. <laughs> <laughs> like I think we, we all you, do. you almost have to get just get used to the feeling, awesome. you know? Like all you can do you know, all you can do is realize that you're human too and mm-hmm. you have to like grow from whatever the experience is, right? Yeah. Like I mean, like with th- this week, I mean, even us, you know, Mike being in on on the ground floor of the service and I'm getting back on the ground fo- floor of the sales and there's been a lot of hiccups because of 2020. Like is school going to start? Is school not going to start? Mm-hmm. Do we hire or do we not hire? Like I really empathize with all of my fellow business owners out there that are really trying to make the biz- the decisions that are best for their business and navigate this COVID thing like it. I mean, it's just. It's been an ongoing headache for me personally. Yeah. Like. It just has been. I just literally. I, I feel like I'm changing my mind almost every hour. It's like, all right, do we? Do we need to hire these. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. a lot of it. A lot of it, like I say, hiring. Like a lot of it has to do with hiring. Right? And I was like, man, like I feel. Like, I feel like we need more people. But then I'm also like, man, like school's like right around the corner, and.
1: It often feels like there is no right decision. It's just trying to make the least wrong decision. Yeah, yeah. and that's a terrible you. mindset to Thank have, you. I think. Yeah. But that—that's what it feels like.
2: But I think that's what business owners and managers. That's what we live life like, right? Like, like we can go from. That's what care. Classifies us or characterizes us as going from like the mountaintop to like the deepest low in like 15 minutes. My wife is like, How did you do that? You were like super excited <laughs> about this new client and like they're the biggest client you've ever had. And then you immediately went to, Oh my God, how are we going to get this right? Like, how are we going to do this job? Like, I don't even know what we're going to do. She's like, How do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It's what I do like pretty much 24 <laughs> 7.
1: Anybody that's ever like woke up ready to start the day and rolled over to a text message by somebody calling out <laughs> knows exactly how to go from high to low exactly. real fast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, uh. And then, like, <laughs> I could just keep going down this rabbit hole. And then, like, I feel like a, a bad person because, you know, like, and this is <laughs> some stuff has happened recently where, like I, like, I look at that text message and I selfishly go into a poor me. Mm-hmm. You know, like that person's like they're calling out, they're sick, or they got something going on, and I go into a, a pity party for myself. And I'm like, man, like now my entire day has been disrupted, and now I have to like change everything, and now I have to go step in to this role which I wasn't planning on stepping into today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, or, I, that's where it's tough as a business, you or know, as some, a business yeah. leader is like, I just. And I, and then I feel guilty about that later, right? Right, I'm right? like I'm like, God, I'm such an ass because, like, you know, I should be like, I need to be more empathetic to the situation that happened for this team member, or the fact that they're sick, or whatever the case is, and. And here I am feeling sorry for myself
1: because, like, I got to step in and do their job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like not to know. keep beating the COVID horse, too. But I think COVID. sometimes that's hard because COVID. you're sitting here thinking, you know, like you don't know how much runway you've got to stay in business. And now I've got to pay this person to not work if they're, you know, full time or have the benefits to do so. Mm-hmm. And and when things are close, you know, when you're looking at you know what the payroll numbers are and making sure there's enough money in the bank account, paying <laughs> people to not work you know it's it's tough from the from the management the ownership side of it yeah. and it it's the reality i mean you give those benefits out when you're not expecting a a crisis you know mm-hmm. and and you're doing it because it's the right thing and you want to give back to your people and they've earned it and all that kind of stuff but like when when things are thin and you're looking at do i have a one week two week runway and now i'm paying people to not work that's that's tough that's really tough yeah so COVID. I'm COVID. All right, but
0: so, so if you can't realize like, we all empathize with everybody out there. We're, we we feel you, we know what you're going through. We're right there with you. If you want like a shoulder to cry on, like I mean I'm 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 right there with you. Like
1: We're here hit, to celebrate, we're here to commiserate Hit, 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 hit me up. I'll,
0: I'll like cry with you. Uh, it's it's been an interesting year for sure. But I will say this: like if you're tired of looking at your atrocious lawn uh, because you're working on your back porch as much as I have this year, then call Rusty at, <laughs> at Masters Lawn Care and have them come clean that mess up. Uh, where can they contact you, man? Where they can? Where can they reach out? What's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Yeah,
2: so social media, the Masters Lawn Care uh, website, the Masters and and uh, phone is three seven eight lawn.
0: Three seven eight lawn. That's know? right. How'd you make that happen? That was way back in the day, man. Way That's when they were giving like those the yellow pages. Yeah, days. the yellow
1: pages days.
0: <laughs> You're like, can my phone number be L A W N?
1: I mean, you did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to like. Yeah, do you're my not gonna give your cell, cell phone, phone out. number out. There. <laughs> I'll give you a but, head in, in, but an if, you, if
0: you've never realized my my cell phone ends in S 4 l
1: Oh, does it? Yeah. Nice. That well, was the only way he'd switch from his San Antonio area. <laughs> I won't yeah, give you any more was... of it. Hit six six five. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so I'll clean up. Uh, the ideal team player is Linceone. You nailed yes. that. Uh, and if you're ready to close, I'm gonna ask you for yep. three summer lawn tips. Your your top three for. For all the the listening public out there, all right, what, what are? Let's put it this way: if we're doing our own lawns, yeah. what what are we messing up? <laughs> you doing all your right. own lawn. So the <laughs> most
2: common things the most common things are people don't mow high enough.
1: I did that not, this weekend. Not by meaning accident. they
2: smoke grass, but like, did they mow <laughs> high enough? Or like the mowing height, Sorry right? if I just laughed By the, the way, I was going to tell y'all, the, my phone number is now 378-LAWN. For a while, it was 372-GRASS, and that got some weird <laughs> phone calls. so We had to switch that up. I think I got it from after a drug dealer or something. So, So first, mow at a correct height, which is typically higher, to mow more often so mow once a week a lot of people like let the grass grow real tall and then scalp it because they don't want to cut it too often in the summer and then they're wondering like why does my grass look like crap well you're mowing too low and you're mowing not often enough right so those are the two things and then the third one is just water the right amount everybody wants to either dump on watering every day or like no gru water is expensive so i don't want to water at all and they're like well i don't have a green lawn well
1: I know it's it's different by city and county, but when is when is the appropriate time to water?
2: Early morning, two days a week.
1: Early morning, for
2: long two days times, a longer day. times. So so hour for rotating zones, fixed spray heads, twenty minutes, depending on if they're in full sun or shade or whatever.
0: But yeah. Beautiful. i would never ask these kind of questions like, these are only my questions what i love about it <laughs> i would never ask a question like that but hey like i kn- i know uh, our audience appreciates uh the variety you can tell who you uses a bring. lawn service
1: and who does it themselves
0: <laughs> uh, hey i use masters
1: lawn care i mean <laughs> i'm just saying i'm on the dave ramsey uh, kick i'm uh, trying to save money
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, and that kind of guy goes into a whole another hole, which we won't go into. But you know, one of the things that I've absolutely learned over the course of my career is like, you know, I need to be that that hour, well, two hours. Mm-hmm. Let's be real; it take me four hours to cut my crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like that time is better spent somewhere else, sure. you know, on my on my business or, you know, wherever the case might be. So.
1: He just told me I didn't work hard enough.
0: That's not what I said. <laughs> I knew you were going to take it that way, but that's not what it's I said.
1: Ca- See, I I need the catharsis of lawn mowing so I can clear my mind. <laughs> hey,
0: which is know. also a lot of people do keep yeah, it for that reason. Now. It's like a meditation. Like You'd be this amazed. is my zone. This it's is like my time exercise, with this is my time with like, God mm-hmm. to like get out there and talk. I've seen that. I've heard of that a lot. Oh yeah, that's good. This has been fun, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming on. Tell the team to keep doing a, a great job, and I hope. You got twenty twenty. Just continues to like do well for you guys and yeah. and for everybody who's listening. I really hope that it that everybody pulls through. I know it's we've said it multiple times. I know it's been a tough year. We've definitely had those coronavirus sessions. Been kind of interesting, kind of hearing how everybody's been navigating it. But we're right there with you, podcast fam. Uh, stay strong. We absolutely love you guys. Any
1: last words? Yeah. If there's anything we can do to help you, let us know. Yeah, Head please contact us. Uh, message us. Did we do the. Reach out. Uh, we got your phone yep, number, we got, we got social media, stuff. all that yeah. kind of stuff. Ours too. Um, at at OGNV, whoagnv. Um If you want to sign up for the podcast, text four uh, to four eight four eight four eight.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. If you want to get notified when episodes come out, like text me. Just type whoagnv to four eight four eight four eight. Yeah. Got that, and right? you can listen to Alexa. You can ask her to play the Whoa podcast, and she will do so. Uh, Anyway, that's it. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. This is the WHOA GNV Podcast. The podcast. (laughs) Bring your businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. (laughs) We'll see you later. Alexa's like freaking out. (laughs) See ya. Bye.